This is a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations with host Leah Lem. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health. and hello, I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech and thank you for joining me for an in-depth conversation, exploring how Indian country in Minnesota is responding and adapting to the current pandemic health crisis. Last week, we talked about school and the challenges and opportunity of online learning with our young ones. And this week, we're looking at parenting itself, especially the really young children. We'll talk about a few topics today, from breastfeeding to the stresses parents of little ones are facing right now during the pandemic. Shoshana Kraft is a health professional who now focuses on supporting families with little ones, and we'll hear from her soon. But first... Dr. Ann Eglish is with the University of Wisconsin's Department of Family Medicine and Community Health. Here's Dr. Eglish during her online presentation called Feeding a Newborn During the Pandemic, Challenges for Breastfeeding. So it's interesting when I read the World Health Organization recommendations, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine recommendations on breastfeeding, there are several comments about how babies who um, who experience COVID-19, who become ill with COVID-19, are probably going to be better off if they're breastfed based on the immunologic factors that are in breast milk. So there's not only passive factors, but there's also but there's active factors that actually help to mature the infant's immune system. The full presentation of feeding a newborn during the pandemic, challenges for breastfeeding can be found online. The effects of breastfeeding are positive and long-lasting, and I'm joined by someone who can speak a bit more about that, among other things. So here with me is Shoshana Kraft. Shoshana is from the White Earth Reservation. She currently works for Headway Emotional Health as a family spirit infant parent support specialist for her day job. And on her own time, she is the founder of the Minneapolis Indigenous Breastfeeding Support Circle. Boujou, welcome Shoshana. Bonjour. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Could you please take a moment to introduce yourself, please? Sure. Bonjour, Neno Kazikwe, and Dishna Kans, Mako and Dodem, Gawa Babiganikag and Dunjaba, Gakabi Kong and Da, Mungum. I'm just saying there that my Ojibwe name is Hummingbird Woman. I'm from the Bear Clan and Originally, I am from the White Earth Reservation in Northwest Minnesota. Wonderful. And can you tell me a little bit about the work you do and maybe a bit about why it's particularly meaningful to you? Sure. Today, I actually work my day job. I work for Headway Emotional Health um, in the Family Spirit Program. It's a Native-specific program, um, and I serve Native families within the Metro Twin Cities area. Um, It focuses on um, education and health for Indigenous mothers who are pregnant, educating them about pregnancy, labor and delivery, and helping them to prepare for their newborn when um, baby comes to this side, um, to the earth side. And Um, We follow mother and baby up to usually age three. That's lovely. And like we heard at the top of the show, Dr. Ann Eglish 
um, talking about the protective mechanisms in the mother's milk to help support the immune system, which can include preventing a harmful reaction to the coronavirus. So that is correct. Yeah. So yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about the significance of mother's milk in a baby's immune system? Sure. Um, there, there are thousands of things that are in mother's breast milk. There are the identifiable things that we know of right now are um, anti-allergens in the breast milk. There's antibodies in the breast milk. Um, there are anti-cancer um, components in breast milk. There are anti-parasite components, antivirus components in there. There's, it goes on and on. Yeah. <laughs> so you started a support group called Minneapolis Indigenous Breastfeeding Support Circle. Can you talk about the group and how it's been evolving or changing with the times? Sure, sure. So my day job, I work for Headway Emotional Health and the Family Spirit Program. And uh, one of the requirements from our grantor um, is to support breastfeeding mothers in the state of Minnesota. And one of the ways that we could support our mothers was to form a support, a peer-led support group. And so I incorporated two of two clients to be peer mothers. And we started last year, August 1st of last year. And I always uh, try to include our elders to bring in their wisdom and support from them in our breastfeeding circles. And at that point, um, we were meeting in person. So I would always incorporate a healthy meal each meeting so to make sure um, they learned about uh, um, eating healthy versus going through McDonald's or getting some fried chicken or whatever it is. Um, and we would bring healthy recipes, um, healthy meals, and we'd also teach our moms about galactagogs. Wow. Say that again. Galactagogs. Those are those um, foods and um, medicines out there that help promote breast milk coming in oh yeah yes things like oat meal oat milk um, fenugreek um, basically it's just all your organic um, fruits and vegetables mm -hmm. that's how you pronounce mm -hmm. that word I know I've read that word <laughs> galactagogues right yeah <laughs> that's it very good. Very good. A nursing mother has her own nutrition requirements too. So it's not just providing nutrition to an infant and there it is. It's, it comes from somewhere, including the mother's health. And it does. So whenever mothers choose to breastfeed, which I always encourage my families, uh, mothers need to increase their calorie intake at least four to 500 more calories than they usually eat because their bodies are creating and pulling from their own bodies to make this medicine. Got it. Good to know. <laughs> so right now during the pandemic, what do you see are some challenges that mothers are facing? Well, um, I know that 
families, I have not, I have chosen not to go into the hospital right now as a doula or a birth worker. Um, but I, and we are, first of all, we have not been allowed to go into the hospital because, um, there is only one support person. There was only one person allowed to go into the hospital, whether it's a partner or a mother that goes in. Birth workers and doulas are not allowed to go in, or have not. One, because of the, of the scare of transmission of COVID. And two, I have to be mindful of myself whenever I go home to my little guys too. So that means they don't have the extra support um, in person by their birth workers and helpers. Um, two, families are being rushed in and out of the hospital. So they don't get the extra help or lactation support that they're getting um, in the hospital from like um, hospital lactation counselors if they have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. So then do you see the families after they're out of the hospital? I have. I've actually made some home visits. Yep. Um I made, I will give you an example. I gave a, I um, got a referral from South Dakota (laughs) and I was uh, contacted by another birth worker from South Dakota who had a family member up here in the cities. And I went to go see that mom and she was having latch issues where the latch was pretty painful. And so I made a special visit to her very careful and wore my mask and everything um, and helped mom learn to mom and baby. So it's a learning process for both sides. It's a learning process for baby and for mom to get the correct latch versus just latching on the nipple, which can be very painful. Yeah. What are some particular challenges parents are facing and families are facing right now during the pandemic? Well, a lot of people are quarantined at home with their fam- with their children. And so right now it's summertime for everybody. Some people have started back to school. So that was a challenge at the end of this past school year um, where the parents instantly had to become the educators and teachers at home for their children. So that can bring on a lot of stress for both mothers, fathers, caregivers, and the children. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things that's going on. And being isolated and not being able to socialize with their friends and family, that's pretty um, hard on families. Yeah, a lot of times in this show, we talk about how one of, one of the main forms of healing and medicine is being with one another and how Mm -hmm. it's been particularly hard just to simply not gather. Um, Have you found ways of supporting families that encourages connection while also staying safe and keeping distance? Yes, yes, yes. So um, there's a couple of things. One, I, with my day job, I um, currently meet with my families virtually um like like a zoom meeting um and then uh, we visit and we actually can visually see each other and talk with each other and um joke with each other (laughs) and um (laughs) the other thing is that we text we text our families 
um, and talk to them and support them um, and remind them and ground them. Um, just to remember to use our tobacco and to remember to that we have ceremonies and just, just re reminding them. The other way um, is with my Indigenous Breastfeeding Support Circle. We meet twice a month on Tuesday, second and fourth Tuesdays of the month. And we encourage families to come on and um, talk about what's what's going on. We have a check-in and we have, we do a virtual smudge. We smudge in our own spaces, which is pretty important for, for all natives that are aware of that. And then with our virtual meetings, I, I got a small grant and have sent out care kits to our families. Um, I've sent out coloring kits. I've sent out leather and materials to make um, tobacco pouches and little belly button bags. So that's kind of important mm -hmm. to keep your hands busy, to keep your mind busy, to focus on doing something constructive. Mm -hmm. it's, it's taking a step away from the stressors of the world. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like that idea of the, <clears throat> the kits. <laughs> So being a new parent, right, um, is such a wonderful gift. I remember those days. Also, high anxiety, <laughs> um, you know, all these range of emotions. And a pandemic adds a range of emotions as well, like anxiety and worry. Is there anything else? I mean, we talked about the medicines which I think is so important. And is there anything else, any any ways of kind of embracing and using those emotions for good, do you think, in, in a family setting? Mm -hmm. When I'm talking to my families or when somebody talks to me about a certain situation, um, I always start with, you know, using your tobacco um, and then just holding your tobacco and praying with that tobacco and asking for help um, with the things that you need help with. Remember that this is only temporary and to be able to um, talk to somebody, whether it's a family or a friend, um, there are even helplines, native helplines out there that you can call or look on the website for assistance. And we'll have to look that up. I don't remember what they are right offhand. Um, but those native helplines that if you're feeling depressed um, or sad that you can reach out to. There is a postpartum awareness hotline that you can call. Or yeah, there's a strong hearts helpline that you can call. You're listening to a special edition of Minnesota Native News COVID-19 Community Conversations, supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health. I'm Leah Lem, and with me today is Shoshana Kraft, and we're talking about early childhood parenting and breastfeeding. Shoshana, what got you excited about this work? I saw the job opening um, a couple years ago, and I had just gotten my little guy um, I'm fostering my little cousin. He is about two and a half years old right now. And 
I knew his mom had some health issues. So I have uh, a nursing background and I knew that I needed to focus on finding a correct way to help him through his, um, his health issues. And um, then it became my passion to educate uh, mothers about how to, how to take care of their children, how to create an attachment and bond with families, uh, with their babies. Um, and not just um, the mothers, but fathers and relatives as well. That's that's really cool. I know as as a parent myself, those first couple years, well, first year especially, <laughs> is just really hard, and it can feel really, uh, mm-hmm. it can feel really isolating. Um, you know, a new being is now completely dependent on you, um, and so really having a, a support system must be pretty beneficial. It sure is. And that's something that I work with my families from the get-go, creating goals for yourself, setting up goals, and finding a support system, whether it's um, an auntie, your mom, a friend, um, a mentor, um, whoever it is to support you and, um, you know, learning about yourself and helping to, to raise your newborn. It's so important um, so that you don't become overwhelmed and anxious and sad. It's it's important to have that that support system in place before baby gets here. Yeah, for sure. So, and a bit and a big part of that time is breastfeeding. Um, if if that's the path that uh, the family chooses, and um, I know that is um, a skill. <laughs> And uh, can be pretty difficult, you know. uh, You know, when I was pregnant, I had this, uh, you know, vision of just being this like, you know, intuitive mother breastfeeding just easily. Or (laughs) you know, it must come naturally, right? Because that's how babies have been fed for. (laughs) But I had a an awakening. Yes. Uh, immediately. So can you talk to me a little bit about um, your role as your role with helping new mothers um, breastfeed? Yes. So um, a little bit more of a background of myself. Mm-hmm. So I never knew what a doula was until I returned back here to Minneapolis and come to find out I was doing doula work before I returned to Minneapolis. I was doing more of like end of life care doula work. So working in the ho- in hospice, mm. which is the other end mm-hmm. of the spectrum of what I'm doing currently right now. So I educated um, home health aides, PCAs on how to take care of families, you know, when, when they go out and um, get their assignments and they take care of families who are on hospice or they don't necessarily be, need to be on hospice, but educate them about how to care for Um, these families. And then when I was down in Missouri, I actually helped out with, um, because I was like, quote unquote, the native nurse in the community down there. And I um, supported um, a couple of young mothers, first time mothers, um, educating them with what I learned in nursing school, and then um, educating them what I did when I was Um, when I breastfed 
my four adult children, um, they are now adult when they were babies, when they, <laughs> um, educating them like what colostrum is, uh, four milk, kind milk. Uh, when your milk does come in, what if you have engorged breasts, you know? Um, and that was when I was in St. Louis. But then when I returned here to Minneapolis, um, I found out actually what a doula was and I became a certified perinatal educator. Um, and that's a training through Common Sense um, and Riffery School. And that was created by Jenny Joseph. Um, she is an amazing uh, midwife that is from Florida. And then I took that um, CPE training a couple years ago with a group of BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, People of Color, women and folks two years ago. And then from there, it's just been nonstop of working as a doula, supporting moms during labor and delivery. And with that CPE training, um, certified perinatal ed uh, educator training, you just got the basic of breastfeeding education. Um, and then I went on from there and took the Indigenous Breastfeeding Counselor training um, with Kami Goldhammer and Kim Morris-Salas. And then I, I use that. Um, it's a week-long training, and it's so much more in-depth, and it focuses on natives and um, the history of breastfeeding in the um, many native communities, not just ours up here in Minnesota, um, and how to, you know, about the current health disparities and um, how it's not common anymore. Um, and that's kind of what I'm here to do today is to turn that around and support our families here today. Do you know why? You, you just mentioned, you know, it's less common breastfeeding. Do you know why that that is? I think it's because of um, uh, colonization, for better or worse word. Um, we are not culturally living our urban native families are not culturally living our traditional lifestyles as much anymore. Um, and I just want to generalize that. We are not um, raised with all the ceremonies and traditions that we were generations ago. And it's also very painful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but... There are a lot of times when I just wanted to quit because it's so painful. But during August, there's a Native Breastfeeding Week. There certainly is. You're right. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, I'm just um, part of the bigger circle of Native Breastfeeding Week. Um, so there's a um, group of Indigenous women who are uh, have organized Native Breastfeeding Week. I think this is like the second year this is happening. Um I think you might know Tequila already. Mm -hmm. She is one yep. of the organizers. Cammy and Cam, <laughs> Cammy and Cam are the uh, some of the. There's I don't know. There's several organizers, mm -hmm. and those are the only three that I know who uh, of the organizers. And they have created a week long a schedule of different events, including like a sunrise ceremony every single morning from this yesterday through that this upcoming Saturday. And it can be um, watched via Zoom. 
Cami Goldhammer is going to host a parenting during COVID Zoom meeting this evening. Mm. We are highlighted. My um, Indigenous breastfeeding support circle is highlighted, and we are welcoming families from all across Turtle Island to join us in our our meeting. We have a special guest speaker, um, and that's Doreen Day. She's an Indigenous midwife. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, there are various other Zoom meetings um, that you can find on the Native Breastfeeding Week page on Facebook. But there's a whole week long of activities going on. What can you tell me about the significance of uh, Native Breastfeeding Week? It's really important. It's something that um, it's new, yet it's not new. Mm -hmm. So we have been breastfeeding for generations. Um, It's um, bringing awareness. It's decolonizing breastfeeding. Um, it's reclaiming our traditions, um, reclaiming and re- relearning our traditions that um, some of us have lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it just lets the audience out there aware that, hey, this is normal. This is something that um, you know, that's healthy for my baby. It's the perfect food. Um, And again, mothers are medicine. It is so amazing what's in breast milk for, for our babies. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today, Shoshana? Uh, before we say goodbye, yes, I just wanted to mention that my um, that the Indigenous Breastfeeding Support Circle has changed because of COVID. In March, I had um, uh, asked some of my friends to come on and be part of a peer panel to help answer questions because we were getting more and more people from all across Turtle Island. And so after the the group was over, we talked. And we formed a bigger, better group of birth workers and Indigenous breastfeeding counselors. So it is still the Minneapolis Indigenous Breastfeeding Group. We as birth workers wrote for a grant. And our new group is now called So that means first medicine in Ojibwe. Great. Miigwech. Well, thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Shoshana, for joining me today. Um, I really, really appreciate your insight and uh, wish you the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening today, Miigwech. Now, Shoshana recommended a couple of helplines, and I'm going to give those to you right now. The first one was Pregnancy and Postpartum Support Minnesota, and you can find help there. Their helpline is 612 787-7776. Again, that's the Pregnancy and Postpartum Support Minnesota at 612-787-7776. And Shoshana also mentioned Strong Hearts Native Helpline, and they can be contacted at 1-844-7-NATIVE. That's 1-844-762-8483 or one 7 native. Thank you so much for listening today. Miigwech, and I wish you health. I'm Leah Lem.
Minnesota Native News Special Edition COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health.